It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live here at Willow's Lodge in Woodinville, the heart of wine tasting country. I'm your host, LB Duchess, with co-host Tracy Klinkroth of Chick Chat Seattle, Michael Kotzman, our food and wine ambassador, guest host Lily Verlaine, one of our premier burlesque dancers in the area, Um, Jason Rendon, and um, Donald... It's like I have my little paper prompter, and it was like, wait a minute, he's not on here. Um, welcome, everybody. Hello. Thank you. Um, uh, today, we're doing the show live, like I said, from Woodenville, so free, free, uh, feel free to give us a call at 323-843-6090 if you would like to comment or be a part of what we have going on here. Mm-hmm. Today's show is brought to you by Willow's Lodge in the heart of wine tasting country, and um, we're going to be talking about socially savvy service. What Sounds that good. Means. Sure. And in time for the season. I was going to say, just in time for the season, and, and so that we know what to expect and what other people need to step up and do. <laughs> just got, got to say what lovely people we have here. If you guys are missing it, beautiful girls, beautiful scenery. There's a fire going. It is very, this particular location, if you haven't ever been here before, it is divine. It has almost like a log cabin feel to it. Um, the bar is on the back side of the lobby, but there's a fireplace, so you can see all the way through into the entrance. A beautiful fire going on. They've got a nice little um, ledge there that you can sit on. Fabulous seating. You've got couches. You've got overset stuffed chairs. You've got regular seating. Um, I think that's lovely, and it has a beautiful view behind of yep. trees and lush green, and when the sun is shining, it's stunning. <laughs> That's and a, a lovely gentleman greeted me on my way into the door and it was very, very um, helpful and kind and welcoming uh, to help me find my way to uh, our table here. I and love it. They've also got a great happy hour. Did you look at the menu? It's beautiful. It's good food and wine here. And I know. Really I'm really excited. We're gonna, they're going to be telling us a little bit about their happiest happy hour later on in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we get started here, the bartender is going to be bringing over some of their signature drinks, so we're going to be chatting and getting to taste all of their specials. Um, and then towards the end of the show, they have some specialty um, barrel tasting beverages that we're oh, going to get to sample. What? So I don't, I'm not even sure what this is about yet, but we're really excited. <laughs> I hate this job. I know. It's just so disappointing, you know, with the things yeah. we have to do. So while we're waiting for those beverages, I think we're just going to jump right in and um, kind of get a definition down of what we're talking about and what's going on. So what it is to be socially savvy is brought to you by Sweet Talk Wipes this week. Just like our hands, our cell phones need to be regularly cleaned and detoxified. Order yours today at www.sweettalkwipes.com. All right. Socially savvy service. First off, let's define what service is. Um, Service is the act of helping or doing work for someone, an act of assistance, Mm -hmm. assistance or advice given to customers during and after the sale of goods. Um, And then finally, the action or process of serving food and drinks to customers. Uh, Anybody, any other 
they, you know, those are the textbook with, you know, dictionary terms. What does service mean to you guys? Service to me means that you know you're you're paying for a service, whether it's your uh, maid at your house, the housekeeper, or getting your food here at the restaurant, and it goes up in value. I mean, if you're gonna make you know, go to a fast food restaurant and you pay, you know, six dollars for a burger, you're gonna get what you get. But if you go to a nice fancy restaurant and you're paying fifty dollars for a burger, you're gonna get a little bit more, you know, service, a little bit more I need some ketchup, I need some that and they're gonna be should be respectful. You know, to me that's what that is. Or if you have a house uh a maid that comes to your house, you know, and they're gonna go and they're gonna clean up, you know, your um mop the floors and all that, a certain level. They're correct, yeah. That to me is what service is and that's I agree. part of it. Yeah. What do you guys think? I know I feel like the line between service and hospitality uh, is really True. not a distinct one. I feel like whenever I've gone to a, a, an establishment where I want to return, the person has not only brought me something in this kind of mechanical way, but you know, engaged me in some other way and just made me feel welcome and just extended hospitality to me. And it's what I experienced as soon as I walked in the door here. I was like, oh, okay, I feel completely welcome. And, you know, I'm in someone's home, essentially, and they're going to show me around. So you feel like hospitality is actually an upscale of service? I I think it's it's an energy. You know, it's not necessarily a verb, right? I like that. I like that. What about you, Michael? Hmm? I, uh, you know, I always talk, you know, ask people, you know, think of your favorite restaurant or favorite uh um, I don't know, place to shop. You know, for me, I love going to Met Market or I love going to uh, Central Market. But I'm a foodie. I love to cook. So, <laughs> you know, uh, could I get the same thing at Safeway? Probably. You know, or some of the things. But, you know, I go to those, those places because it's the service. It's, it's the environment. It's, uh, you know, the cheesemonger. I get to talk to him, and, you know, and the guy, you know. <laughs> who just, and, and, you know, they just they educate you, and, and they also take you around, and, like, they'll open stuff up for you, you know, if you want to try stuff. And, you know, I can't get that at Safeway. So, yeah, you, you know, I welcome. pay more. I pay more, you know, no yeah. doubt about it. But I get I get the experience. And to me, the experience is more than just the value. So, um, I would and, agree. Yeah, yes, definitely. So. No, I'm with you on that. When you feel welcome, you know, when I like, I get that from, like, Central Market by my house. I live up mm-hmm. north. And it's like you go there and say, you know, how's those oysters taste today? And they'll go and they'll go, here, there you go. Try it. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's one of my favorite things about the different Which one do you go by? Central Market by a bottle. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, and it's like when I go into QFC and I was um, wanting to try um, some bruschetta, and they, I asked the difference about the different um, types that they had there, and they're like, well, here, let me cut you off a slice and you can try it. Mm-hmm. I think that service, that is a service to an extent in which I guess what I'm trying to get at with the what, why we're talking about it is service will actually get you better reactions. It will get you um, stronger sales. It will get you yeah. more loyalty. And so the act of service isn't just about um, uh, expensive places. Mm-hmm. You can be working in a very simple place and still give excellent service and earn right. loyalty regardless of what your price points are, regardless of what it's you know, perceived. You know what, uh, this restaurant downtown used to do? And uh, you go there. It's a nice steakhouse on, over on First. And you walk in there, and if you go as a couple, so you get seated right, and you're sitting down. And if the lady gets up and gets ready to go to the restaurant or goes to the restroom, one of the male waiters will grab her arm and walk her to the restroom I and then walk that. her back. That that's their standard style. And if you're on a date, and that really works really good. It's like ah, she feels special, and I think that's part of the whole service. 
is awesome. It, and to me, you know, that's where I think, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, what's what's going on with our economy right now. Um, when we go to spend our money, the the service we get is going to be the key to us spending our money with you. You know, how successful our relationships are will depend a lot on the service that we get because when you have limited funds, and you're, you know, say you're going to go buy, um, put in your budget to buy two martinis a night. Are you going to go to the local bar and get a martini, or are you going to go to a, a place in, where you're going to get a higher level of service? Well, of course, you're going to go up to that higher I, level I of service. I want to jump into a more value. The different realm. Um, our friend of ours, Donald here, he does a service when he does his interior design. It's not food and wine, but right. it's like, here's the colors. Let me talk to you. And he finds out who you are as a person. Say, so you know what? You're not really a. a a knobby wood uh, furniture. You're more of a sleek metal finish. That's part of the service. That's what you yeah. pay for. And if you find somebody who's kind of like listening to you, it makes it work. Love that. Love you know, that. And, and services goes, uh, you know, expands to a lot of different platforms. I think of services too. I think of, you know, the act of services, one of the loving, um, you know, we talked about this in another show. Uh, one of the, uh, some people are do. Uh, you know, an act of services, you know, to be would be like, you know, doing something for a loved one. Oh, the act and, of service, yeah. Yeah. What's that book called? I mean, we talked um, about it a few It's called The Five ago. Love Languages. Thank you We were you actually so going to be talking about that a little bit later. <laughs> but, you know, that's another act of services. You know, when I talk about act of services, you know, doing something and not necessarily wanting anything in return, but doing it because you love that someone or, you know, if I if I see an, uh, an, an older woman trying to cross the street and I offer my arm and across the street, I don't expect anything back. I just, you know... Doing it because I want to help someone and be a difference in someone's life. So, yeah, no, and I think that's a good point um, because you know that's that's service on a personal level. Uh huh. Um, and I think if you service on a personal level, a lot of times will show through in a professional level. So I think that makes a good point. If you want to have um, a perceived level of ex- excellence in your service uh-huh. in your business life it's probably going to follow over into your personal life you're going to need to maintain that balance on right. it every day just in how you're treating people because mm-hmm. you're otherwise you're going to slip up and and just look like a fall <laughs> indeed it does, indeed it does. <laughs> well it looks like we have our beverages here we're very very excited uh, and to try we're getting them. there uh we're, we're just trying to sift out which is which at this point but, i know uh, they look divine there's four in martini glasses and two in these lovely little um, one, two, three, four, five, six. We have okay. six fabulous ones. Perfect. Yay. Perfect. Excellent. Okay, so Michael, Thank do you, you want to go ahead and walk us through okay. um, what the different Perfect. ones are? So, and we're going to guess. Perfect. <laughs> oh, Perfect. no, they're in order. So, so we got the uh, the first one we got on deck here is the Sammamish Fog Cocktail. Mm. Uh, it's a comforting fall flavor of hazelnut, crisp gin, uh, and limoncello muddled with citrus, uh, fresh citruses. So that let's is, check has that, a different let's try flavor that. to it. Do you think? Um, I love limoncello because there's something in Italy. Uh, you had that before dinner. You had that after dinner. It's like ah, I have some limoncello because it's like a digestive and it helps to get things kind of running along. I guess. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice well, drink. It doesn't have nice. a lot of. The mm-hmm. limoncello it doesn't. It's kind of like it's a, not overwhelming. No, not at all. Mm. Well, the other thing about it, which I thought was mm-hmm. interesting cool. when I first drank it, it's chilled. But my first thought was like a gingerbread or something like that. This, mm. I had more of a um, a baked good feel to it right off the bat, even though I knew I was drinking a beverage. It oh, it's delicious. Mm. A little different. vanilla in there or something. Uh, definitely citrus and some spice. 
Okay, so mm-hmm. then well, now we've got the mm. second one that Did we're looking know at. That, that yeah. limoncello was actually uh, first created in Italy on yes, the island that, of Capri. I, I don't know if you heard that, but I when I went to Italy, you had that. A lot of times, you had that before your meal and then after your meal. Wow. Yeah. So, and they also make a melancello, which is really awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. Okay, so Michael, what is yes. the second one? A second one we have is uh, fireside. El Presidente. So it's our take on classic cocktail, uh, mixing white rum, pomegranate, and orange liqueurs, dry vermouth, and garnished with rosemary. This totally screams uh, fall because lo- it's got a nice sprig of rosemary in there, and it looks fabulous. Okay, I have to try that. I tried the wrong one. It looks beautiful. <laughs> nice, it nice. Looks beautiful. <laughs> oh, and it looks like the okay. chef is bringing over food, too. It's We're a perfect be drink against busy. Okay, the perfect. Side. So we're passing that along. Looks, it's nice. It's a nice cranberryish mm-hmm. color, again representing the fall. And uh, let's have a sip here, and I you're gonna. Isn't it this one with the rosemary, Michael? Uh, no, that's... Wow. I'm very confused. Spice got some really good spice notes in there. Really yummy. Almost like a cranberry. It really it's, does. It's just, it's just, it's beautiful. The orange uh, rind in there. Mmm. Okay, it's you really nice. Wow, that's really down. nice. Who hasn't had this yet? Um, I think we've all now. That okay, one perfect. that reminds me very holiday. It's very inviting. Wow, that is amazing. Holiday, but you know the myth, you know the Demeter and Persephone myth from like way back when, right? So Persephone was oh, the, yeah. was the you know the young goddess who was abducted and put to the underworld, and she's got this great um, like the story behind her is that she's this you know innocent. You know, almost like a, I hate to say the word victim, but what I'd like to say about this cocktail is it does have a youth to it. You know, it has. I was going to say, is it a cocktail or a victim? No, it's a very enlivening cocktail. I'm like, oh, it's very. It's delightful. I like it. I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Michael, what's the next one? Ah, yes. Speed tasting. I love it. Uh, I know. We're so excited. They wanted to try all of them. I feel like I'm back in school. I just got out of class, you know, and it's like they're pouring these drinks down our throats. I'm like, you got to try this. you got to try this. you got to try this. These are fun. Hurry up. Uh, but uh, there's so many amazing ones here. We got to get going. So yeah. spice that apple teeny. Okay. I, do I need to say anything else? It's probably not. <laughs> uh, down home feel of fresh pressed apple juice. So if you've been to the farms, oh, yeah. you know you get that pressed apple apple cider uh, mixed with vanilla vodka and allspice. So, so again, which one is that one? The, the one spice in front of, you? of the of the of the season. Ah, oh, I can't wait. Here we go. We're, we're Everyone's waiting. looking at me. Everybody's looking at you. We're, we're waiting. As he's drinking it, the first two drinks we had were served beautifully in a, a martini glass. This one's in a rocks glass with lots of ice. See, I knew you'd know what kind of glass it was. Oh, I'm just right. looking at it. I was like, oh, it's a cute little bubble glass. <laughs> According to him, we're looking at it. We're going to try this other drink here. We're tasting the, gla- the drinks and we're... But, so this one has a very okay. grapefruity. I know, that's yeah, what I'm saying. It, that's not it. This is the... That, the yeah, it sounds like the, the cocoa co- the cocktail there. But uh, that, yes, that's cheerful concentration of tequila, uh, oh, grapefruit, and splash like of Aperol. That. So oh. the Aperol comes through on it. Beautiful. It's really nice. Well, and for me, this, I think, would be an awesome drink if, especially during the holidays, you know, some of us start watching what we're eating and drinking, and grapefruit is known to be very good for when you're on diets and stuff, and this has grapefruit. It's delicious. Oh, we get to hear from we the bartender. Ryan. He's going to have questions about it. So, Ryan, what drink is this one here? <laughs> that is the Koa cocktail. 
It ah, is, did it I? It is yummy. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> One minute, baby. Want to tell us what that's about? It's just a simple mixture of Aperol, which is an aperitif. It's good for your digestion. Grapefruit, orange, and tequila. Let's talk. I like this. Tell me a little bit more about Aperol. Aperol, it's a uh, really similar to Campari, but mm-hmm. it's not as. Uh, it's a little sweeter. So I want something a little sweeter because the grapefruit okay. is already bitter enough. And uh, actually, I also put honey syrup in there too to kind of take the edge off. Yeah, so it's bitter but not aggressive. Yeah, yeah it's, no, uh, it's, it's beautiful. Orange very good for your stomach. Wow. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the the beverages that you brought out. I'm taking these are your signature ones. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about what the what M to choosing these. I mean, what, what's the feel that you want to get for people when they come in here? Well, it was kind of a joint effort. A lot of these come from different people who work in the lounge. Um, the hot rum raisin. We just wanted a hot drink. Our uh, one of our cocktailers, Sonia, came up with that one one night. Uh, the El Presidente was kind of a last-minute thing. We needed a drink. We were going through some old, classic Prohibition-era cocktails, and uh, we needed a rum drink. So I found this rum drink, and then uh, to make it more fall, we add some pomegranate liqueur, um, some pomegranate, pomegranate liqueur and rosemary to kind of spice it up and make it more seasonal. It is beautiful. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm intrigued because typically when I go into different you know places where they have beverages like this, I don't uh-huh. usually gravitate to like all of them. <laughs> it's, also served, it's also served in a martini glass as well. Yes. Now this is the one with the rosemary, correct? Yes. Oh, that's really nice. And your presentation, as far as just the the beauty of the drinks as well, is stunning. Yeah, well, this screams fall. I mean, look at the colors. Look at the, the you know, you're looking at uh, uh, fall flavors, oh, yeah. allspice, cinnamon, <laughs> uh, apples. You know, it's just, it's just, it screams harvest. And that's what, and, and as a, as a chef and as a, uh, a mixologist, you think of what's freshest available, what's out there right now, and and you create and craft cocktails around those 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 flavors and those profiles. So. That is the beauty about everyone does nowadays is that they really go after those kind of things to make it fresh and different. Otherwise, you have the same thing over and over again. Eh, well, this cocktail is, uh, is unexpectedly sophisticated, I think. Um, oh, nice. I like that. I, Definitely, I yeah. feel like when I read the description on the menu, I was like, oh, that. I mean, it sounds delicious, but not like something I typically order. I'm kind of a whiskey on the rock sort of a girl. And... Um, Having the the element of the rosemary gives it this earthy quality, and it's not like you're drinking a glass full of you know um, pucker or something. You know what I mean? Not to insult you in your bar to say the word pucker, <laughs> but you know. Okay, so this one that I just took a sip of, it has almost like a buttery flavor to it. Ryan, what is that? This is the spiced apple teeny because oh, apple okay. teeny needs to be done away with. <laughs> kind of, uh, insult to cocktails and martinis. And Absolutely, I, I brother. I, I was scared of it. I see it coming around, and everyone looks very satisfied. And I'll bet you there's not yeah. a mix that went into that either. No, no. We, uh, Everything's we done get fresh. all our juice fresh from Seattle Juice Works. We get shipped in on a week to a bi-weekly basis, and we use just apple juice, some vanilla vodka, and allspice dram. So you know, interestingly enough, you know, with the topic being about service. In your drinks, you guys have kind mm. of taken that service yeah, to the next level in how you present and the creativity that's coming into mm. them. Mm. I love it. Love it, love it. Yay! One of the nice things about these drinks here, you know, when you talk about classic cocktails from the past, is that mm-hmm. these are very, not necessarily simple, but very classic. Good, strong flavors without being overpowering. 
Right. You know, it's 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 great things done simple. So most, most the last definitely. ingredients and we talked about this last time. Yeah. Um, and and you, you had you drove a really good point is that you don't have to overcomplicate things to make it really no. amazing. Really amazing, exactly. So, I mean, the presentation's great. You know, the cocktail with the rosemary. And that's another thing, you know, people listening out there is like, if you kind of want to know what rosemary smells like or tastes like, grab it, rub it into your hands and smell it, and then yep. you can put drinks to it. Well, and one of the things I did want to bring up, too, is this is a, to me, this would be a great place to come and bring, like, clients, somebody mm-hmm. that you wanted to have that's that edge of a little bit more professionalism, something a little bit different that is going to be impressive. Absolutely. I really, really like this here. Absolutely. And Thank if you, you do so use... much, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, we have one more. We have the yeah. chef. We have two more. No, no, no. Two more. The, the hot one. Oh, okay. We didn't do that one. Why don't we, why don't we yeah. do those two? Because so, our executive um, um, sous chef, I believe, the sous chef cool. is here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have him talk to us a little bit about the delicious very cool in front of us. But, you know, we're gonna do that one what you have right food. now is the brown deer. Mm-hmm. And that's an old classic drink that we just brought back. We didn't do any changes to it at all. We used the original recipe. It's just uh, bourbon, a little honey. Oh, wow. Uh, some grapefruit juice and then ginger beer to top it off. This is going to go really good. Does it originate from the Brown Derby restaurant? You know, I actually oh. do not know where it originates. It's just an old drink I stumbled upon a couple Quick, of months Google ago. Google it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of old drinks, this might be something to consider for our Roaring Twenties party, which our socially savvy listeners will be learning about over the next few days. Yep. Um, the extent that we are going to go to to bring you a truly um, exceptional New Year's experience. It'll definitely be the cat's meow. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Michael, um, yes. introduce us to this lovely chef and Absolutely. food in front of us. I'm just dying here, dying. <laughs> uh, executive uh, sous chef, Josh? Oh, Doug, I'm sorry. <laughs> Got the wrong one here. Oh, uh, they did. They switched you. <laughs> oh, I hate that when I do that. No, I'm Josh. Okay, oh, you're, you're, Josh. Oh, you're Josh. Okay. D- oh, Delgado. Okay. Delgado. 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 Uh, okay. So uh, he's going to talk to us about what we have in front of us. A uh, beautiful presentation, by the way, and a different uh, presentation of the uh, the fall seasons and uh, what's out there. So talk to us a little bit about what we're having tonight. So I brought you out a couple uh, a couple different um, of of our favorite um, of our favorite items that we that we have on the menu. We typically have a crab salad on the menu, and we typically always have the lamb on the menu. So I thought it'd be good for you guys to good for you guys to try. Um, so what we have right here in the, in the very beginning, uh, as far as it's a warm uh, crab salad that we pick up in a bermonte, which is basically an emulsified um, butter and water. So it's basically poached in a little bit of butter with some leeks and some beluga lentils on top. And then what we do is we take uh, kumquats and we make a simple syrup out of that. Ooh. And we actually roast persimmons in the kumquat simple syrup. What? And then with the same kumquats, we make a puree on the bottom. So we like to, you know, we, as, mu- as much as possible, we try to cook with the season. So, you know, persimmons, kumquats right now um, with, the, with the warm salad, crab salad. And then the uh, frisee is tossed uh, with some candied orange on the very top. We're totally going to have to pass it. <laughs> Michael's over here just, his, head, his eyes are rolling into the back of his head. <laughs> and for a foodie, that's quite the compliment. Oh, well, thank you very much. I- so how long have um, – what is the, the the basic thought process behind um, of the Barking Frog and you guys and what you do for food? Like what is your overall theme or what is your – you know, usually – Philosophy. Philosophy. There well, we go. That's the word okay, I'm looking so for. What, well, what we try to do is we're – I mean, obviously, so we're affiliated with the hotel, so we have to have a, a, a good a good mass appeal. But we, we – as much as possible, we try to we try to stay local, local ingredients. We try to stay seasonal. Um, and we – like you guys were saying um, – 
earlier. You know, a little bit a little bit simpler is usually better, especially especially nowadays. I think people try to tend to overcomplicate food, and as long as you just let, I mean, you get kumquats in you know October, November, December. I mean, they're going to be delicious. You know, so let, you might as well let them do what they're going to do. So we try to cook with the seasons. We try to be very approachable, and um, you know, we uh, we take great we take a great uh, deal of pride. And just you know, creating good food, you know, I good good approachable food. We said know. that earlier. You, I, you weren't here yet. Oh, you're talking about both this show and last show was s- simple foods simply made are simply good. You know, they're one of the things. There's a restaurant in downtown Seattle that make just a roast chicken, salt, pepper, butter, chicken. And both of us, we've talked about that. We're like, oh, we'll cook it and cook it and try it and do this and that and the other. But their chicken is like really, really good. Same with the cocktails. Same with what you got. So I really enjoy this. For the listeners out there, you're missing it. You should have come down. It, you know, and it's and it's not easy to do simple food really good. You know, and, and I think it shows a, a, a it's a sign of quality and uh, and, and talent, in my, in my opinion. So and then uh, what you guys are working on here is um is, wow. is a Anderson Ranch rack of lamb. Oh my god. And we Anderson comes from where? Oregon. Down down in Oregon. It's a it's a great great product. Um. And he, he t- the the owner takes exceptional care of their uh, of their products. So what we uh, what we did with it is we made uh, Israeli couscous, and we actually take uh, fennel and we confit it, and then we puree it. So what we do is we'll actually take the fennel puree and whip it into the Israeli couscous, and we put a little fennel pollen and mint in it, and oh. then and it's obviously um, paired with the with the fennel, and then some um, so- some braised. Uh, Brussels sprouts. For our uh, listeners out there, what is fennel pollen? Fennel pollen is basically when the when the when the fennel the top of the fennel when it when it sprouts, when it blooms, um, it, it it produces all these all these uh, well essentially pollen you know and then you harvest it and it has just a very very robust um, very nice sweet uh, anise type of flavor. Uh, you know this couscous is so incredibly rich. Um, you know, it's delicious. You know, often it's like served as like a side dish at like you know someone's potluck. Yeah. This is not like that at all. This is not your potluck this couscous. Is not, this is not potluck, but like this, this is like a meal in itself. Just the couscous, it's amazing. It is definitely warm your bones type oh, food for, for the winter time. Oh, um, I, I neglected to mention too that we actually make a lamb demi that we mount with uh, fig with figs. Oh wow! Nice. Very nice. Oh, oh my gosh! Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Absolutely. And for all those listeners who didn't get a chance to come down tonight, um, definitely, you know, pop down for their happy hour. Pop down to have a, a cozy dinner with a friend or with a spouse. Uh, the atmosphere is amazing. It is warm. It's inviting. The service is exceptional. Thank it's you very, very much. reasonably priced. Very much so. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Okay, so now we have to stop eating and move on with the show. How disappointing. That was <laughs> orgasmic. Exceptional awesome. food. And, you know, I guess mm-hmm. this is a good time to bring up that service in food. Right. The, the service extends to just the person who is presenting you. It, it goes back into the chefs and the cooks and the prep cooks and everybody who's in the background and the, um, besides the people who are in the forefront. Your service comes can come through many different levels of hands in order to get you the a product that you are paying for that you're going to enjoy. Oh, absolutely. Um, so with that said, I think we're going to jump forward and get back into this, uh, into talking about service and, and kind of dialing it in very specifically about some of the things that, um, what we're looking for in socially savvy service. So I think one of the first ones, Jason, you are going to touch base with us for... Um, 
one of the tips that we, one of the things we think is most important in socially savvy service. It's, it's listening. It's listening to, you know, what's being presented to you. I think that's a lot of problems that people just don't, they're too busy. You know, on a service side, I come from a restaurant industry. Mike comes from a restaurant industry. Uh, Donald comes from a service industry. Yeah, uh, Elaine comes from a service industry. As people, it's like, how do you, you know, you come from a service industry where we need to listen and figure out, you know, what are they saying before you jump into, you know, exactly. providing. Now, it is our job to guide them in what we feel is the right direction to go. But, yeah, that's based on what they're thinking. And one of the rudenesses that happens is that it just goes along with money. As far as the service level, but yet I think that if you take the time in anybody's business, I don't, you know, whether it's automotive or uh, dealership or doesn't matter. If you take the time to listen to your clients, you'll get a lot further than versus going. You know what? You need this. People are in this day and age. People are like, yeah, I don't need that. No, they're coming to you for advice. You're, yeah, exactly. When you're in a service industry profession, they're relying on the education. You you are there to help them make good choices. And in doing that, you want to make sure that you are clear and concise. You have to listen so that you can answer the needs of the customer. Yes. Um, and I think that is one of the most difficult things. And when I say listen, everybody thinks that they're hearing. But there is a big difference um, between I would like a booth and I require a booth. You've right. got to be keyed in for those those differences in what the customer is telling you so that you can give them an exceptional service and, and earn their loyalty. And in, in, Exactly. You know, then the relationship between both of you, then you enjoy your job more, and you have yes. a job. <laughs> exactly. And one of the most important things about that certain unique customer service that sets you aside from everybody else is that you anticipate their next need before yeah. they do. Yes, that's coming up. We were just gonna, that we're going to be talking about that coming up. Um, we have uh, the second thing that we were going to talk about is follow through. Right. In service, it is really, really important to make sure that um, when you've established that relationship and you've brought that service forward, that you follow through with it because you can offer a great anything, a great um, pair of jeans, a great drink, a great um, <laughs> a great um, option, but if you don't follow through with it, then the customer never gets to experience that. Right. So your follow through on what is going on, what you need to um, provide the customer has to be spot on. You know, yes. though, uh, I, I think that too, though, it's a two-way street and we have to address the fact that sometimes uh, when one is a customer, it is t totally socially unsavvy to walk in like you know everything. Oh, yeah. I feel like one of my favorite words, the sexiest word, is um, edification, right? And so oh, I like that word. It's so nice to, to as a customer, you know, uh, come in with, with an open mind, you know. So I just want to throw that in there because service is going to be much better if you sit down with an open mind. Yeah, I, I think that if you come in with an attitude that you know all of it, then you're not looking for service. You're looking to either badger somebody or to beat somebody up. If you want service, then you have to be, um, you have to relax enough to allow yourself to be served. Exactly. At the same time, you should learn your industry. Yeah, you that's know, on there too. That's when you're on there. You know, well, <laughs> last week we were talking about we were uh, greeted by Brooke, who was talking about. Uh, people who come in to the wine tasting and sit there and say they know everything. At the same time, you should be, you know, I got you, I got you covered and all exactly. that. Exactly. And realize that that's what's going to happen. You know, in our industry, being, you know, a chef and whatnot, there are people who I already know that when I present a, a plate to the table, the first thing I'm going to grab is the salt. And they're going right. to just go salt on it. I hate it. I bet you Mike feels the same way. They grab it. 
salt on the table. I was like, taste it first. Try it. Come on, please. No, okay, fine. Then, you know, you get that dirty, you know, circle, you know, I don't well, know. Well, and everybody's Once you put the salt in, you can't take it back out. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Actually, Amen. something that somebody taught me, because I am a salt girl, I love salt, is if um, I'll put a little bit of salt on my plate onto the side, and I do really try to make a conscious effort to take that first bite without it so that I can taste the flavors that the chef or whoever prepared the food had in mind for me so I can at least understand it. So Tracy has joined us. We're very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, why Sorry. Don't, that's quite all right. That's not an East Sider. <laughs> that's how I feel. And I hate Matt Quest. I've been here before. I don't know. Oh, you just get it figured. Yeah, yeah, well, I just love it. So why don't you touch base with us on the third item on being um, uh, for service? What, what, what we feel is really important in service. So okay, the third item. The third topic. Be happy. Be happy. Be happy. Okay, don't be happy see that on the ex- notes, oh, my dear. Maybe the notes disappeared. Um, <laughs> be happy and excited to do your job. Oh, okay. If okay, you're gonna okay. serve, then. Oh, that's a that's a big pet peeve of mine. I know people who who are in service industries and come out with an attitude and don't yeah. like their job quit. <laughs> <laughs> or they act like they're doing you a favor by. Serving you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, no, no. That's happened a few times. I don't know if that's like, you know. Uh, there was a thing when I, I had a restaurant in Capitol Hill, and one of the things is kind of like, I hope it's slow so that way I can go home early. It's like if you really don't want to be there, don't go home. Yeah, go yeah. home. Yeah. That's your livelihood, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I'm not in performance, but uh, Leanne is. And I'm like, if you come with an attitude like, I can't be here, you're not going to perform with anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to just throw in that I spent years in the service, in, in the restaurant service industry before I got my other, my performance business off the ground, which is really what I wanted to be doing. And I had a boss who was very smart who told me, get out of this industry or you're going to be really bitter because I was great at going through the motions, but I was a really bad attitude server. I need to just oh, right? I need to come okay. out and say <laughs> I was that person. They never fired me because I was good at wine sales, but uh Well and the the thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration is there are people who are what I would call emotionally sensitive. So if you come over to the table with a bad attitude and a smile, you're still gonna affect their enjoyment of their meal, of of um the experience, whether it be entertainment or what it is. So when you come in and you're working with people, you need to remember you are on all the time. And you actually are very responsible for their experience. And you need to take pride in that. And you also need to make sure that you share and make it a positive experience. But don't go too crazy. There is the show waiting and they talk about, do you have flair? Yes, go team. Okay, no, no, no. We're not talking spirit things <laughs> here. No, no, we're just talking like, I mean, a, a good and kind exactly. of kind server can, You can get yourself from a no tip to a good tip. Yes. Oh. That happened in Napa of all places. Where actually there, oh my God. there was hair in the food oh. in a Napa Ooh. restaurant. And the one um, server was just had a really bad attitude about it. And so the other woman came up and she, somebody else fault, told right? her. Yeah, and she was so gracious and so kind and so cool, and we ended up like tipping her twenty five. We love that, you know love, I mean? love, love that. Yeah. Well, it's like my yeah. husband when we were in college. One of the things he used to do is he would put their tip at the end of the table, and he would say, "The more time you spend my, at our table taking care of us, <laughs> the more of that tip will stay there." I've heard of that too. And mm-hmm. it was it, this was at Denny's of all places, and it you know the pancake house, and, and it was funny because he was teaching them how to be good servers by figuring out what motivated them. Okay, I just need to bring one thing up, though, really quick. So, okay, I will say my <laughs> hatred of being in the service business has made me a really good customer, I think. True. And I, I have been welcome. I have a really annoying Compassion. client. 
Yeah. I have been welcome in all the best restaurants in the city. But this is what I think. So, I mean, I'm a 20, at minimum 20% tipper at this point. And if you put food in front of me in a restaurant, I am so grateful it's there that I'm just going to be like, oh, thank you for feeding me with my annoying dietary restrictions. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> the point is, I feel in Lily, this we culture, we have this adversarial relationship between server and client. And I'm like, why can we not just include gratuity in every single time we sit down and then we won't have this horrible adversarial relationship where we spend more time evaluating the person who's coming to the table and less time enjoying the beautiful meal that they're putting in front of us. It's well, I think part of it comes into oh. effect that that when, I mean, we can go home and we can make, a lot of people can make these meals. I mean, right. they can pick up a cookbook and they make their meals, but they're going out because they want an experience and they, they actually bring it because they want somebody to take care of them. Mm-hmm. They want to feel special. I mean, a lot of single people will go out and eat by themselves because why? They don't have somebody else to eat with and they're looking for a connection. They're looking for an experience. Right. Because so from a serving point of view, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying, and there's a lot of legitimacy to that, but I think for a lot of people, for for people who are on the serving end of it, they really need to understand that there's more involved than just somebody sitting down and ordering food it's from them. It's also an education. If there's a uh, movie that you can watch as well that talks in the 1950s where uh, they come in there and they bring the, the food to the table, and the guy has a risotto and he puts a little basil on there, and the lady's like, what is this? I had a leaf with my salad. It's like there's a education of the consumer now Correct. who's like, I'm learning about the food, and the service industry has to follow through. And some restaurants, they're spot on. They know what they got. There's some restaurants, they don't even have a It all comes into education. You're well, right. and it also yeah. has to do with being a socially savvy um, rest, you know, patron. Yeah, yes. I, I used to date. I would date a guy or not date a guy based on how he treated the wait the, the waitress. Yeah, yeah. and if he was rude and nasty, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not really into you. Well, and again, <laughs> you know, if you're on the, the when when you're dealing with service, there's the receiving end and the giving end of it, and you're you you're as responsible for being on either side of that and being gracious. Um, you know, the, one of the things the next topic on here is learn your industry and anticipate needs. Jason brought that up earlier. If you um, are serving French fries, typically you're going to want to make sure you have the ketchup there. Don't bring over the French fries and say, I will be back with the ketchup. That is a huge pet peeve because you know that 90% of Americans want ketchup with their French fries. If you're a customer and you don't typically like ketchup, then on the service side of things, you, know, you would you would tell your server, hey, you know, could you bring me a side of Thousand Island with that? I would really I, prefer I, that actually, with my fries. I, I just thought of this for a second. Though. There are people who are career servers, and there are those who are just servers for college. I just come up with But it doesn't, you know what, yeah. honestly, I really don't feel that that should even be an issue. No, if you were in something, if you were going to be a janitor, for instance, and you're down at a hotel where people are walking by you all the time, you need to be happy about the job that you're doing, mm-hmm. and you need to do it graciously. And sure. um, and you have a job. You're going to be around people. If you can't be around people and be gracious, then you need to get into a job that you're not serving Yeah, anybody. but that's the problem. That's the disconnect because people do what they have to do, not because they love to do it. True. It's, right but, now, yeah. I, I understand that, but if you're going to do it, you have a choice <clears throat> to either do it with a good attitude or a bad attitude. True. And I think that's Absolutely. really what being a social, socially savvy socially service savvy. is about, is if you're going to do this, do it with a good attitude. Take pride in it. Be be happy about the job that you have, even if it's not your dream job. And right. On the opposite end, if you're a listener and you're not a server and you see a server come up to you and they're in, they got a bad attitude, you know, you can say, you know, I know you're busy. I see your your past. Yeah. You could say, you know what? Take your time. You I'd rather be right to them as just well. Just let it go. And then they go. I totally <sighs> agree. Oh, thank you so much. You know, you understand. Right. Okay. So we got uh, the next uh, cocktail that we're 
No, we're going. Um, we're continuing on. Oh, with, I got. Uh, uh, um, well, it's it's it's, it's yes. Uh, we're kind of back and forth here. So, uh, where are we at? Thank you. Um, um, where are we? I'm sorry. We're we're going through. The oh, thank you. Thank oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And I actually I had this already prepped prepped ahead of time. Actually, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and and thank yous are so huge because you know, and, and just a layer on what uh, Jason said. You know, just you know, when someone when a waiter, you know, even if they look like they're having a bad time or a bad day. Oh yeah. Hey, you know, thanks for you know getting this really awesome spot over here. You know, my wife and I, or my my girlfriend and I, are we're having a great time. And this is a, just a great spot you put us in. I just want to thank you. You're doing a great job. I'll tell you what. You can from that point on, you, you're going to get you'll have a service. great experience. Yeah, but you know, yeah. just the little things. You know, thanking yeah. a person for hey, you know, thanks for going the extra mile. I really appreciate that. Yeah. 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 There's that thing that says it's not what my grandmother. It's not, it's not what, what you said. It's, it's how, how you say it. it. Yes. Huh. You look good today versus you look good today. Yeah. yeah. Or wow, you you look amazing. <laughs> but uh. Um, but yes, absolutely. And I know that, that, you know, thank yous, you know, from me, you know, even if you're doing a job interview or, uh, you know, sending them a thank you or like, you know, LB does something really nice or Tracy does something and like, you know, I'll send Tracy, Hey, thank you for having me. Or I'll, I'll, I'll take time out at the end, at the end of the show, she, she'll bring me on for, you know, and I'll say, Hey, thank you for the opportunity that you've given me. Cause she has, and so does LB. I mean, this 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 is this whole show has just been a you know a, a beautiful blessing for me, and Aww. you know, and and it'll just taking time out to say thank you, and I just I completely <laughs> I you know giving me the opportunity to do my thing. You know, it's just it's just that goes a long way. True. Well, very, and there's so true. much in this life that is is difficult, and to have that act of kindness, and we're going to be talking about a, a little bit about some of these in a little bit. Um, to reach out to people and, and be the person who's encouraging. Be the person who's lifting that person up. Um, if somebody's being crabby to you, try to rise above. And this leads right into the next thing. On the, on the Fix errors with grace and in a timely manner. Mm. We're human beings. We're going to make mistakes. And if we make a mistake, you can either you can handle it with grace and fix the problem. And if you see the person who's who's not quite doing that, you can offer them grace and allow them the opportunity. So we're talking about servers. We're here. talking about service. And that comes from the top down, I would imagine. Education. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean in terms of whoever owns the restaurant. Yes. So we were at a restaurant in Boston and the poor server came and dumped like soup all over my girlfriend which oh you know, she was totally cool about it. Uh-huh. Right. And then they calmed her dinner, which they should have done. You know, because then she has to get her coat dry clean. But maybe, perhaps, not all owners of restaurants are that cool. And they don't have the management. And it, it, that the thank you and the fix errors is all management. Whether you're in the IT field or the realtor field or the car dealership, you know what works really well. You don't need to give a five dollar Starbucks card. Mm-hmm. No, just say, you know what? Hey, thank you. You did really well. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, for me personally, if I just hear a thank you once, I say, like, eh, all right, I, it was recognized. I did a good job. Exactly. I had a terrible experience as a server where I put a cup of tea on a table and a baby reached into it and burned herself. It was absolutely horrible and completely scarring for myself and others. And they actually forgave me and stayed and ate with this, like, poor, screaming, traumatized baby. Well, because and I touted you know, and cried actually about interestingly it. They were really, enough, really nice about it. And I see you changed the de- profession. Professions rather quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just recently 
living my <laughs> horrific past. As a, like, I'm feeling extremely <laughs> sympathetic, but I want to jump in with one quick thing, and I do think that it's an employer's responsibility to hire, if not, like, actual adults, uh-huh. people who behave like adults. When I walk into a nice restaurant and I see like a 15-year-old doing their nails with a hostess... Oh, yes. Hello. Upset. That and is a turn-off. On, on the flip side, when I walked into Bosses Are in New York and this man who looked like a movie star sat me at my table, I was immediately there. They had me at that moment. They, they had you at hello. They did. <laughs> they had this extremely elegant person. I felt so honored that this person was showing, pulling my chair out, you know? Yeah. So that's just what I want to put, put out there. You know, go, you get what you pay for. <laughs> no, I totally agree with that. And... You know, this is the point, is if you want the competitive edge over everybody else, um, then you need to educate yourself. There's books like we've talked about before, um, The Five Love Languages, The Power of Positive Thinking, mm-hmm. Who Moved My Cheese. Understand how people think, how they work, and you can serve them right. at the level that they need. Just like you were saying, Jason, you know, for you, uh, a simple, hey, thanks, works, yeah. m- works wonders. For um, somebody else, it may simply be looking, they're going for their tea and they're looking around you anticipating, oh, they're looking for the sugar and creamer. Here you are, sir. Understanding how people function and being able to serve them can put you in a, in a position where you're considered exceptional. And surround yourself with people who are in the same area that where you want to go. You yes. know, there are those of us are those people that I know that are not us that are like, we don't know what we're going to do or where we're going to go. And there are those that are like, oh, I want to make something. I want to do something. And that's that crosses the line with service industry. That crosses the line with realtor, chefs. I know right. that. Mike and I, we talked about this before. It's kind of like, you know, we get really, we're, we're, we're like right now, we're probably 60% energy. But if we start talking about food and about smells and seasonings and everything else, we start going 80%, <laughs> 90%. Like, oh, dude, you know. Yeah. With, uh, two episodes ago, we talked about smelling and nutmeg. I'll go back to that. That was like, so amazing. <laughs> that was such an awesome clue. You know, when you, when you teach people different stuff, right. and that goes across, you know. It really just does. Mm-hmm. I would totally agree. What a beautiful atmosphere here, folks. If you guys aren't here, Very sultry. the fireplace is going really strong. It's got a warm feeling, not too hot, not too cold. It's nice and dark. The stars are starting to come out outside. It's beautiful. It's it is. It's very wonderful nice. friends. Really, it's nice. It is. We love it. Okay, so we are going to move on to acceptable and unacceptable. Brought mm-hmm. to you by Cascade Ice. Only two calories. Wow. One of our favorite sponsors. They're very good amazing. Um, Tracy, you want to tell us about the first socially acceptable? To clarify meaning and intent. So, in socially, if if you want to be considered socially savvy in service, okay, it is acceptable to clarify meaning. So, if somebody says, um, comes up and and says something about they they want a table by the window, if your table is a booth by the window, it's acceptable to say. Um, would you? Did you mean a booth? Because that's what we have by the windows. There's there's a way to um, portray that to clarify meaning and intent so that you make sure that you and the customer are on the same page. Um, I think a lot of people kind of shy away from that because they're afraid that they're going to be considered correcting. But if you clarify, then there's no room for any mistakes. If you don't clarify, then you can end up with a very unhappy customer. What about this? I never got past hostess. I guess I was never quite server <laughs> material. Um, but I will, and I'm always nice about it, but I'll, if I go into a restaurant, they want to put me at this seat. Like, I, I love booths. I don't know. I just prefer booths. I'm a booth so I always too. be like, can I sit here? And usually they're good about it, but sometimes you kind of get, and I know that they have an agenda in terms of they want to make sure that everybody gets different servers, get you know, enough tables. Right. But I don't like it when they give me like a little toot and 
and like and roll their eyes and and that's a that's a valid you know. point. That's the kind of stuff that you can't do because then you've set off the customer right from the get go in a negative experience. Yeah, true. Addressing up a wall. Okay, my favorite part: socially unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Brought to you by Pop Chips, never fried, never baked. Think popped. Um, it is socially unacceptable to push another agenda, a company, or jobs unsolicited. I mm. absolutely mm-hmm. cannot even tell you what, how much fingers down a chalkboard it is when you have a server come over and you know you you've got this friendly banter going on and all of a sudden they they whip out some card and they go oh hey I think you'd really be interested in this and it's like a multi-level marketing or something crazy like that. You need to remember when you're in a service industry, you are there to get the customer their service and not talk. Yes, it's happened to me. Yeah. And well, you know, I remember one time I went to a vegetarian restaurant here in Seattle, and the servers there, they were just like very nonchalant. Like, here's the menus. I can't stand Okay, that. what's your order? Maybe they need Okay, menu. here you go. Here's the plates. I can't stand that. And they still expect that 20%. Gratuity. Okay, so you know while we're bringing that up, one of my biggest complaints is when you have a party of six, and they insist on um, a minimum on a 18% that is automatically added to your bill. And the problem I have with that is, is 90% of the time, in my experience, that server does not give exceptional service. They give crap for service, and I cannot stand that. If you're in that situation and you know you're getting an 18% tip, you better earn every dollar because there's restaurants I will not go in because they did that. There, there's, see, that's a, owning a restaurant, that's a double-edged sword. I would eight people and in, in, in more. <clears throat> I, I would say, you know, on the on the service side, if I get eight people, they're demanding, they want everything, and I, I can see that 18%. But what I will say, if you're on the customer side, and I've done this, if I don't feel I'm getting my eighteen percent, yeah. I will say something. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you. I think yeah. it's a two-way street. If if you're I just going to go, well, they didn't. Uh, hello, can I have my serve? No. Yeah, see, this is what I was thinking, and it, it just occurred to me that I'm actually just lazy now because I, <laughs> I go out and I'm like, I just want to have a good time. So I'm True. like, whenever I look at a menu item, I'm like, okay, it's ten dollars. That means it's two dollars extra for service, and I just put it out of my mind because I'm like, I can't have the stress. <laughs> like having this adversarial relationship. Like if I'm sitting at your table, you are good for twenty percent unless you like, I don't know, sit on me. Or <laughs> See, that's the problem or that we have with with, with the mandatory eighteen percent. So like there's yeah, one, two, three, four. There's six of us here, and then say, you know what? There's six of you here. If you spend a hundred dollars, it's going to be you know sixty dollars off the top right now. And then we're like, where's our server? Hello. Yeah. We wave our hand. We give a Your food's there. cold when you get there. I, mean, you just, I didn't order this. Well, then that's just being a right. like you said. If you're not getting it, then you speak to the manager. And but you you have, on a customer side, those listening, you shouldn't have sugar to. Sugar goes a lot agree, further than then, bitter. Yes, it yeah. does. You know, it does. Quietly take well, a side. Well, that will fly on Fly on honey, the wall thing, yep. Yes. Okay, so we Ryan is back, and we get to hear about this lovely, awesome barrel tasting. Yes, Ryan, so talk to us about this beautiful barrel aged uh, cocktails we got here. What are they? To me, and I'm very excited. All right, we have three different, three different barrel aged cocktails we're doing right now. The one right over here with the lemon peel. This is a hanky panky. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Delivered to you in a martini glass. It's a mixture of gin, fernet, ramazzotti. Driver moves, and we aged it for about a month. So to tell, explain so, to this, yeah. So talk to us about the vermouth, because I just learned about actually vermouth, and actually you know, people you know, on the radio and, and and around me actually, vermouths are actually uh, uh, it's a wine 
right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, actually infused with herbs at times. Yes. So dry wow. and, 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 and dry and sweet, and uh, and sometimes with honey. So sometimes yeah. you can uh, use that to your advantage in your mix in your cocktail. So tell me about the uh, the vermouth and why you paired it with this cocktail. Well, the vermouth we used was a Dolan dry vermouth. So it's uh, it kind of helps cut it a little bit and uh, makes it so uh, it makes it a little smoother. But the dry vermouth isn't it's not sweet. There's a little sweetness, but it's not uh, sugary sweet, and it just helps balance the drink so that the gin isn't low overbearing. Why does it smell like saffron? Does, does it smell like saffron to anyone else? Like, oh, well, yeah. Just getting it on my nose. The, um, the Ramazzotti and oh, wow. the Fernet are both very, very herbal. For those that so have forgotten that. what a Ramazzotti is, can you explain it again? Sorry, what? Oh. Can, for those that have forgotten what a uh, the Ramazzotti is, could you explain it? It's an uh, Italian herbal liqueur. Okay. okay. I've never had that before. So explain a little bit about the... So these are barrel, barreled... Um, special barrel aged specialty drinks. So, yeah. is it just portions of the alcohol that are barreled, or do you mix and barrel the whole thing? I know it's a dumb question, but yeah. people like me ask these questions. No, it's not a dumb <laughs> question at all. What we do is we actually uh, we make the cocktail all together. So we make a big batch. Um, I prepare it like I would if I was going to just prepare any other drink. Instead of serving it, I take the mix and I put it in a barrel. That is amazingly cool. Nice. I like that. You gotta, for those, already uh, said, but how long was this aged? For about four weeks. Oh, nice. For those uh, on the outside listening in, imagine, if you will, five hands trying to grab the same, the same glass. glass. <laughs> it's really awesome here. The next drink is served in a martini glass, and it's called... It has beautiful amber highlights. Okay. What, it's served in a martini glass. What's it called? This next one? The second one. This is our white Manhattan. Oh, white whoa. Manhattan? If you like strong so, drinks, hello. So, Ryan, you, you said this is aged in a barrel. What kind of barrel are you using to age this in? It's just an American oak barrel. This has got some flavor. Right, so why American oak? Is there a toast on that, or is it just like... There's a toast on it. Um, American oak, just because it's local. Uh, we actually got supplied by Woodenville Whiskey Company. The ones who have helped this project out, uh, giving us barrels and also giving us some unaged whiskey to play with. Woodenville Whiskey Company is a brand new company here in Woodenville. They're doing right. primarily white whiskey, and I believe at the end of this year they're going to do a, a three-year a, a, a dry coming out right. They do a they have a w- vodka too, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, uh, they do. I actually made a uh, <clears throat> a chicken infused whiskey with a guacamole spiked slider for them about a year ago, wow. which is really good. So. Yeah, the drink here, as you taste it, it's got a little bit of caramel on it. It's oh, very tasty. Okay, uh, okay, what so you, it's kind of almost like a, a, a Manhattan, well, but not really. Go ahead. Let me stop, let me stop you just for a second. Jason, you said something really cool. So you said caramel, right? Yes. So where does the caramel profile come from? You ask me? It's coming from the wood. Why is it from the wood? The toast of the wood. Yes. So you typically on, you know, I asked Ryan this about, you know, is there toast on the wood? So there's light, medium, and dark toast. Yes. Medium toast will give you like some of those caramel, almost vanilla. Yeah. Darker the roast, the more the uh, sugars that come out in the wood. Yeah. So you get almost like coffee, chocolate flavors at that point. So uh, medium is chocolate. Medi- I'd say the hiring goes more towards the bitter, the ch- the coffee flavor. Coffee, but I also get like dark chocolate too sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bitter. So dark caramel, chocolate. like creamy caramel, 
almost toffee, medium yes. toast. Absolutely, those, those are absolutely but, spot on. For those that are listening, when you this kind of borderlines to like a whiskey, mm-hmm. scotch tasting, because over there, overseas yeah, in Scotland, strong. when right. they burn it, not only do they burn it, they're charring it with peat moss, they're charring it with straw, they're charring it with you know different things, and that changes the flavor incredibly. Right. And, you know. and the cool thing is I've actually seen uh, barrel making and toasting. Isn't that it's cool? A, it's an art. Yes. And it's it's amazing how they do this. Uh, but you can completely change the, the flavor, flavor profiles profile, of your yeah. of your liquor or your your beverage you're trying to make and whatever. Either and it be wine, wine or, or, or alcohol. So very, very cool. Ryan, you, you've dealt yes. with a lot of the whiskeys here on there. How do you... How do you feel that the, from the Wingo Whiskey Company? How does this stack with some of the other whiskeys that you have? The Maker's Mark, the Glenlivet. How do you mm-hmm. how do you compare this? Well, it's really uh, it's very unique. I mean, it's it's corn whiskey. It's unaged, um, so it has a taste like whiskey, whiskey, but at the same time not, because there is no age in the barrel, and that's why aging it has been really fun. Cause it's kind of bringing out a lot of the flavors in the whiskey. Um, they're basically what they're making is a bourbon. It can't be technically called a bourbon because it's not from Kentucky, but it's that style of whiskey. Wow. Very fun. Okay, so what's this next drink that yes, we're looking at? Yes, let's talk about the, the next one here. This one right here that we're serving neat is called the Colonial. Uh, and, you said uh, something real quick. Well, how did you serve it? Neat. What was that? You, how did you serve it? Neat. Could you explain to our listeners neat? What is that? Um, neat is when it's just, it's served with no rocks, just in a a short glass. Okay. No ice, no nothing, just as it is. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, Michael. So Michael's head is very good. <laughs> He's still alive. That's amazing. That's really good. It, it has kind of. It's really interesting because it has like almost a little bit of mouth coating in there. Uh, what 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 causes that? What what is that? Um, I use some BB Benedictine in that. Okay. So it's it's a type of Benedictine, but it's not as spicy. It's a little smoother. It's a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the whole mixture is is uh, Applejack, sweet vermouth, okay. BB Benedictine. Mm-hmm. I made a burnt caramel syrup and then spiced it with some allspice dram. It yeah, smells you, like you totally, my husband's drink. You totally get the uh, the off, the allspice yes. on the on the on the back end right of it. there. And but it's it's got some you know, at, like wine Ooh. sometimes you have good length on it and that's actually really good. That, that good tasted flavor. flavors all the way up to like two thousand three, two thousand four. It was really nice. Beautiful. For those that are listening, a BB Benedictine uh, is a monk drink. A lot of the yes. monk drinks from the eighteenth century were based off of herbs. So mm-hmm. you have like the chartreuses, the the pernos. The uh, even the absence, it's all from monk era because they didn't have the grapes that they have. They have herbs, and they made a lot of it. And they were mainly right. for a digestive. You know, you had that before you had your meals. To help well, digest Lindsay, the food properly, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of it, but if you Huge. can drink it, it's wow. great. And Jason, you you are absolutely right because you know the cool thing is like you know you're talking like six thousand BEC. You know? Yeah. You know, uh, you, you've got and they and the monks would flavor their wines because a lot of times it was really rancio, really just like oxidized, and just nasty. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they would add different it. things to make it last. So yeah. one of the things they used to use, and especially in Greek wines, was uh, was resin, tree, uh, pine resin. Yeah, pine yeah, resin. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they sweeten it with honey, herbs, uh, and and spices to make it taste better. So okay. absolutely. So go ahead and tell us about this final one. What's this one? This is our in-house coffee liqueur. 
Oh, um, I know someone's going to like we this We used one. Peabody Jones Vodka as our base, and that's okay. uh, also made by Wooden Bell Whiskey Company. And actually, they recently just won uh, an award down at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Ooh, nice. Wow. Oh, nice. Nice. Kudos. That's a, that's a good, that's a good uh, canvas to start on. <laughs> Definitely. So that's, that's the base. Okay. And then um, made a, different, a couple different coffee syrups. One with, by using a French press and other with espresso. Mm. And then we aged that for about two to four weeks. Nice. Wow. Well, we had one more on the table. What was that last one with the hot, with the oh. straw? Oh, yeah. The our hot drink. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We didn't try that yet. <laughs> what is well, it's not hot yet? anymore. <laughs> it's, got, it's got stuff in the bottom. Yeah, what's in the bottom of this? Those are rum raisins. Oh, we just rum raisins. raisins and rum. Yum. Mm-hmm. I got to try that one, too. But it's actually, uh, the drink itself is a mixture of brandy, um, iced tea, Woo. and tlaka that we see. Tlaka. Yeah, definitely get tlaka in it. A little vanilla in there. It's beautiful. Well, for our listeners who are listening live, we are going to be going um, off air, but you can come back and listen to the last part of the show uh-huh. um, as it records, because the recording will continue. So thank you for being a part of the show. And um, catch us for the after party, after show. We're going to be continuing with that right now. <laughs> thank well, you, Elby. Thank you so much for Ryan, introducing us to all these fabulous beverages. Very welcome. And the food and how much fun. I mean, you hear about the experience out here with the Barking Frog, frog and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your your lodge here, and you just hear all these wonderful things, but then to come and experience them, I think you, people really need to just get Absolutely. out there. It's we, perfect for winter months. It's perfect. We've t- touched about this before, and I think I could do this. Ryan, you know, could people come and talk to you about your drinks that you have here and give a little kind of understanding? Oh, definitely. I always welcome people, too, and actually, that's what I enjoy about doing what I do. I um, The way our bar is, it's very approachable over there. Uh, it's very relaxed. The atmosphere is very laid back. So I'm always always available to talk to people about anything they need to know. So come out and see them. I love it. Very cool. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so Thank much. You. And again, for those of you who don't know Willow's Lodge, it um, is a place where you can spend the night. <clears throat> it's a lodge. It's a hotel. Um, they have spa, some spa services. They have um, fabulous products that they use for it, enhancing the experience. You've got the Barking Frog across the street. You've got wine tasting all over around in the area. So if you're looking for a a local, yes, and beer, the Herb Farm, you have, this is a great place to come and stay. Even if you're, you know, from Seattle or maybe Tacoma or Everett, this is one of those great places you can come in. You can have a a fabulous experience for a a one-nighter, an overnighter. Girlfriends, whatever. Wonderful. Wonderful. Fabulous. I'm plotting, actually. (laughs) Planning and plotting. (laughs) Okay, so I think we're going to just move on to the Socially Savvy Preparing for the Holiday Tips. As we get closer and closer to the holiday, we're going to try to constantly give you new ideas, tips, and stuff to help make the holidays a smoother transition and keep you more prepared. So with that said, um, we will be sending out tips every week. The first one I think Lily is going to tell us about. Send out Invites three weeks ahead so people have time to schedule. Even save the date notices if you don't have full details yet. And I don't know about you guys, but when I get to save the date, even if it's, you know, five, six weeks in advance, I do appreciate that because Mm -hmm. it's like I can put it, okay, this is the basic time schedule, you know, this is the person that's with, okay, bam, I've got that timed out so that when something else comes along, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I've already committed to something. Yeah, if you're the first party on that date and you have it in your calendar, it's like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
which leads us to the next one, which is probably any of us who do events. It's a big pet peeve, but it's really, really important, is that um, look at your invites and RSVP at least a week ahead of it all possible because those who are having parties and events, you know, have to spend money and time and energy for food and beverage and so on and so forth, and, and we really appreciate, you know, your help. And it is of, okay to say no. It, we, and yeah. we, it we have talked about this almost every week, it seems like, I'll, I'll trying to re-educate what RSVP is, means, and the purpose of it. Yeah. RSVPing, yes, to be supportive, is not supportive. And I and know. I know the intentions are, are the best of intentions, but it really messes with people. Okay. And so, you know, if you can't, you, RSVP from your heart the way you know so it's they can okay plan. It's okay to say maybe. You know. <laughs> I, I, and I'm a fan of maybe. If you're going to RSVP maybe, maybe, please try to update the RSVP yeah. maybes within 24 to 48 hours on a minimum. The more time you can give them to prepare, the better off it is for everybody, and you're not going to get risk getting left out. RSVP equals reservation. Yes, it does, mm-hmm. which means you're going to be yes. anticipated. Hey, you know for those guys out there you know, who are trying to take care of it, you know, it's a good thing to have a shirt in the car, get your deodorant, Mm-hmm. Get your, you know, your shaving kit. Get ready because we get busy. And I do this now. I do have, you know, my grandfather used to give me this advice of what you have. You know, I have a wine opener in my pocket. I've got a roll of toilet paper <laughs> in my car. But if the holidays come, you know, things happen. It's like if somebody is, you know, they're drinking, they bump into you. Yeah, I got a shirt in the car. Though. Yeah, I'm just going to transfer. You're prepared. Quick, you're ready. You know, Ooh, that's a good you know, idea. I love that. Well, for that the ladies, <laughs> the ladies, the emergency holiday holiday pack suggestions would be an extra pair of hosiery. Um, deodorant, a pair of silver earrings and a pair of gold earrings, black high heels, fragrance, and lipstick. That way you're ready for any last-minute parties or anything you need to attend. You can spruce it up in a heartbeat. Hey, you know what happened? What? Tracy knows. Tracy, so she's missed it. She was traveling in Edmonds. What happened in Edmonds that it was the record-selling event that just opened this last Saturday? In Edmonds? Yeah. Dex. What was Dick's it? Dick's Burgers. Dick's Burgers and Fries oh, opened up in Edmonds. I saw Edmund. that. I was, Isn't yeah, that crazy? See, you actually showed up. I saw a picture of you. It was like midnight or something. Actually, I didn't show up. I caught somebody else's picture a couple of minutes mm. after midnight, and I was so excited to see the success because their success is directly Huge. related to the east side getting a Dick's Burgers and Fries. Yes. Mm. So rock on, Edmonds. I want that thing <laughs> lying around the corner for months because I want Dick's on the east side. Now, I understand you. It's like Dick's isn't like a gourmet burger in the sense like it's Kobe beef. That's no. not what make Dick's makes work. That's like high crack school, beef. Baby. That's all I got to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love Dick's burger. It burgers. is. It is. <laughs> yeah. You nailed it, Tracy. That, that's dead beef. on with it. And I meant that as a huge compliment. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, most definitely. For those of us who were raised in the area, if you went to you know Seattle schools or you were, I mean, I was a cheerleader. Hello, after the football game, that is where we went. And oh, yeah. Absolutely. Out. You know, and, and, and not it's to be, you know, no pun intended, but, you know, it was just a, uh, I don't know, you know, there was there was just I went in there, you know, I'm old school like, you know, dicks, you know, like, you know, I want I wanted the double whammy. Yeah. And they didn't have a double whammy. I was well, like they had a double two seventy, I'm like oh. and it was still good. It's just they have a dicks to like Michael. Michael. Dicks to like patties, cheese. Yeah. But give me the freaking double whammy, man. <laughs> I had a friend yeah. visiting over there and he's like, Oh, can I have the Dicks Lux without this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. Sorry, sir, we don't uh <laughs> I actually had <laughs> Can I have a fork? No, sir, we don't have a fork, we have a spork. Okay, so can I have ketchup? Mm-hmm. Okay, we got ketchup for twenty five cents extra or five cents extra. Yeah. But yet 
when you after a good night out. It is perfect. It's really good. Okay, can I just say hey, where's the malts, man? Oh, you know, yeah. They don't have a malt. What the hell? Okay, Michael. I'm a dissenting voice. I lived across the street from the Wallingford Dicks when I first moved to Seattle. And I just have to say, dicks in Edmonds, please learn and provide garbage cans because your neighbors were lost Amen. of you. Oh, yeah. that's true. If you do not provide adequate sanitation, sanitation. because it ends up in their in, you, in well, your you garden. You don't want to know it was in my vegetable garden. I won't uh. go any further. You can imagine. <laughs> that's from the crows. It was two in the morning. The yeah. cheerleaders were there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of, of course, you know. Hey, I was a good cheerleader. Just for just for routine, say for those of you that do in, indulge and drink, please drink responsibility. I, I just got to say that because it's Most very definitely. important. Most definitely. Say that for the holiday season. Uh, be sure you, if you need to get a cab or if you need to have a friend. And there's a lot of services out there. You know, from a, you know from here, it's socially savvy. It is not socially savvy to drink, dr- drive and drink. No. Nope. You know what somebody so. should do? I'm sure they do do it. This would be a good fundraiser. Maybe not. But, Fundraiser for you what? Know, for like cheerleaders. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, maybe not cheerleader. I was a cheerleader too. And we, we drank a little bit before I the game. I didn't mean to bag on the cheerleaders. No, but I mean like, um, you know, to get younger kids or maybe college students to, because it's so hard to get a cab on New Year's Eve, for instance. Oh, so you can hard. get them. But if you could do like uh, college, service and college yeah. pickup. College, yeah, yeah. Will they come and pick you up? That's a great idea. No, that's actually not a bad idea. You might get your boys on that. I, I guess they might have to create a socially savvy um well, I'm not going to say escort service. That's well, you know, it's socially savvy to, uh, you know, make reservations with a town car. Yeah. For New Year's Oh, Eve. yes, that's good. Oh, yeah. and yeah. You know, in, in, again, that just heightens your experience. It just It's like anything else. If you want to have a great experience, plan for it, budget for it, and make it great. Mm. Right. And a town car is less than a limo. It all comes yes, back to are. you planning ahead. Exactly. <laughs> you said something about a town car. You know, mm. right now, just to say it, if you get caught drinking and driving, folks, that's minimum ten thousand dollars. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. I, I love you all, and that's a lot of help, limo and town car service. Seriously. people, a yeah. lot. I think I'd rather spend two, three hundred dollars and get a limo home, then. <laughs> or, or if you guys come here to the Willows, they got a great place to stay. Yep. Their beds are yeah. really nice and soft. Crawl up the stairs to a bed. Yep. yep. I'll do that. Well, and if you plan to get out on a big, big party or big uh, holiday weekends or what have you. You know that they're going to have great specials or good good deals for you. Exactly. Know, get a hotel room. You know, yeah. it's not that Make bad. It, an it evening, goes back make to it the service. Exactly. Especially exactly. when you know Jason just said you know framed up as ten thousand. He's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had some friends who've done it after lawyers after paying two years, you know, no, two or three years of extra insurance. Besides and, not knowing oh, yeah. how to get to work anymore and having to rely on it's a whole lot of less expensive to get that that hundred dollar you know hotel room and, and stay the night. Yep, think ahead of time. Hundred dollar. Where where are you taking your dates, Michael? Wow. Hundred dollar. <laughs> They're by the hour. <laughs> oh, ching. Okay, oh. now we go on to the justice report. After yes. that. Right, justice report. Brought to you by Bellevue Nordstrom's Cosmetics. Um, last week I attended the Working Women's Wednesday at the Suite with 92.5 and Ooh. Brooke and Jubal. I believe our fabulous chick chat is going to be Ooh. there this yeah. summer. Very, very In the house on Wednesday, yes. We do Working Women's Wednesdays sometimes, and I'm really excited to be at Sweet, which I was just there on Thursday. It's really gorgeous. It is, and while we're on that topic, we will be broadcasting live from the Sweet for Halloween night. So oh, wow. get your costume on. Come on out. We're going to have some great prizes for um, best costumes. We're going to be, um, if you have an opinion you want to talk, that's going to be a show to do it because we're going to hand the mic over to people and um, we have not yet decided on the topic, but we're going to make sure it's fun enough to engage people to want to speak. 
Um, also attended um, at Nordstrom's. They had Diane von Furstenberg in Seattle. She hit only two Nordstrom's in the Northwest nice. to launch and sign bottles of her fragrance. And I have to tell you, in, for those she of you who awesome. don't understand the icons from the set, that, that era, she was truly legendary. And it was really neat to see her in person. She um, just had this era about her. It was it was a lot of fun. So anytime you see those events. Um, okay, hello, the wrap dress? I mean, I oh, don't know yes, people. Oh, yes, she completely. That, yeah, she's, they're rocking that again, too. Yes, they are. And she actually had people who were um, wearing the wrap dresses. They designed them with um, her logo. Uh, oh, very cool. What do you call it? Decor on them. It was beautiful. Now, is she Anderson Cooper's mom? Anderson Cooper's I'm mom is somebody famous. Sure. Oh, go to Vanderbilt. She's another icon from the 70s, though. Yeah. Um, it's definitely it's kind of cool. How did that, you know, the, yeah, as a guy, and uh, uh, as a guy, you know, when you listen to the signing of the bottles, can you tell me a little bit about that? Because, you know, if I give it to my wife, you know, how, how can I, what does it smell like? You know, I want to, you know, with Christmas coming up and holidays, you know, what's it smell like? Help me out. Okay, well, I'm a guy. For starters, Diane, it, it's passed. So if you didn't get a signed bottle, you're not going to get one. I'm sorry. What's it smell like? Um, it, you know, Diane von Furstenberg put out a fragrance that was very typical to um, the original generation that she came out with. It has a heady note to it. It is a, a perfume smell to it. Almost, um, it's deeper than what a lot of people are used to. So. Uh, it definitely had that kickback to that era, which was kind of fun in that reminder aspect of it. Uh, I'll derail just for a second here. If, that's a good question because a lot of people go out looking for fragrances, and there's one thing that I have found um, that I can help people when they're trying to pick out fragrances is if you're looking for a fragrance for a certain person, you can almost do it on your own, and it is a very simple trick. Um, you limit yourself to three or four fragrances that you're going to smell. The little coffee there that they have on the side, smell it in between because that acts like cheese and crackers to um, clear the senses so you can actually smell the next fragrance. Ah. And the best way to pick out a fragrance is to spray it on one of the little cards, close your eyes, and take a sniff. You want to give it 90 seconds before you smell it because the alcohol, which is a delivery system, is very strong that first 90 seconds. And it's very hard to smell the actual notes of the fragrance underneath it. Give it about 90 seconds, air it out, close your eyes, and smell it. If the fragrance reminds you of that person, you're on track. If you smell it and it doesn't quite, if you hesitate, put it down immediately. Don't second-guess yourself. Your sense of smell is one of the best memory recalls that you have. And when you're going to pick a fragrance, if you have that person in mind, you go, does this remind me of them? It either will or it won't. Oh, good Makes point. It very, very easy. Good point. Thank you. Not a problem. Okay, a, so... Uh, oh, excuse me. Go ahead, Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Yes. I have a question for you. So... Because I know that when I smell something, it smells one way. But when I put it on myself and my chemistry in my body... Yes, chemistry has a lot to do. ...makes a big difference. So how do I... So how do I approach that if, I, if I'm not sure well, there are, how that's going to smell on my, uh, on my girlfriend or fiancé or wife? or how's it? The majority of people, when they spray fragrance mm-hmm. on them, it's going to remain true to the basic notes of the fragrance. Okay. There is a small group of people that when they put it on, their chemistry mm-hmm. tweaks it immediately. And that's why I say 90 seconds. Then you let it dry down for about three minutes. Okay. If you are, there's two little notes that we can say on this. If you spray fragrance on and it sours, 
you Ooh. have to start with really, really, really sweet fragrance. Wow, okay. If you um, if, if fragrance goes sweet on you, then mm-hmm. you have to go to start with something really musky and heady, and your body is just taking and absorbing. And the third type of fragrance that people have a really hard time with is their body literally absorbs all but like maybe one or two notes, which means they have to start with really strong, complicated fragrances because their body absorbs a lot of it and it doesn't stay on. That's amazing. You know, I'd love to like, you know, come and see you or, you know, as a woman or a man, you know, go out into your stores, you know, and and check it out. You know, that's the best way to do it and and test stuff. And, and see how that works out for you and, 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 and smell it on yourself and, and have other people smell it, you know, around you. And, exactly. And <laughs> well, I, I do have a question for yes. Trace and you. It's like, oh, I have always go. heard, for me, is like when you get cologne, spray it on your shirt. And then I hear other people who say, no, spray it on your arms and your neck. Well, what is the best way that works? I okay, mean, so it depends. There, there's a two-way street here. If you spray it, uh, if you're looking to find what I call a signature fragrance, you want that to blend with your chemistry. That means you're going to want to try it on your body. If um, your core fragrance, your fragrance houses are what are called more pure perfumes. They work with raw materials, um, nature made. So those are the ones that work with your body. There's actually not a lot of pheromones in fragrance anymore. Musk is is common, um, but pheromones. There's, there's not a lot of pheromones. They pheromones are overrated. <laughs> But a lot of core things like lily and rose and those types of things, and those do, those mix with your chemistry and become a very signature classic fragrance. Um, Chanel Number no. 5 being the top, one of the top five fragrances historically um, for eight, over 80 years because it has such a, um array of notes that it smells beautiful on just this vast majority of women, and it becomes a signature fragrance. Fragrances like Coco Chanel, the original Coco Chanel, that's a tricky one. That is a stronger fragrance. And I always caution people when somebody comes up to me and they says, well, what about this one? I'll look at them and go, what's their personality like? If you are a quieter, more subdued person, a Coco Chanel is going to wear you. If you have attitude and spunk, then you can, you know, when I'm feeling really spunky and attitude, I can rock a Coco. How much should I use? Um, typically, typically, that's a really good question. Understand if you're the difference between a parfum, an eau de parfum, and an eau de toilette. A parfum is the highest level of um, essential oils in it. Right. It is going to last the longest on the body. Uh, and typically, you want to dab that onto your pulse points. That is the the most common way of doing it. For an eau de parfum, an eau de toilette, those are just step-downs. They have a little bit less of the oils. Typically, they're in a spray. There are two philosophies on that. Um, and I'm going to go back to what you're saying about clothes. You can spray it in the air and walk into it. So you have a, mm-hmm. what's called a small showering of fragrance all over you. It's a little yeah, bit softer. Yeah, same. Only do one, maybe two squirts. People don't, number one, don't waste it. And number two, don't kill people. <laughs> Especially and, if you're going to a wine tasting. Yeah, yes. same oh, brother. Consider if your venue. Yeah. If you're going consider to a wine tasting, do not wear you. fragrance. Just don't do it because it, it interrupts everybody else's experience as well. But um, to to go back to the question you had about spraying it on clothes, the the number one concern is that it's probably going to stain clothes unless you spray it into the air and you walk into it, number one. Number two, wearing a fragrance on your clothes is really good if you're talking about a synthetic fragrance. And the one I always use is Angel. Angel, if uh, you spray it on me, on you, on Tracy, on anybody, Angel smells like Angel. It does not change. Now, a similar fragrance that has similar notes, the, the cotton candy, the very sweet, is Flower Bomb. 
Flower Bomb is a very um, well-refined fragrance, and when I wear it and Tracy wears it, different notes are going to come out of it because it's not so synthetic. So understanding the what the fragrance is and, and how it's basic, just a couple of things about it will really help you decide how you're going to wear it. Hey, thank you. you know, I think hopefully the listeners will like that. This was, I, I found my favorite perfume. I think this is a good thing to do, too. What do you, if you're thinking about buying for somebody else or for yourself, this woman walked by me in a restaurant, and she smelled so delish. Yeah. So I actually I actually made the guy I was with go up and ask her, and I got it, and then I went to Barney's and got it. But if you, you know, you can ask, and I do that with men, too. It's like, oh, my God, I really love that. And what a nice way to be able to compliment somebody it without is. being It makes weird. them smile. And then you, yeah. So is it socially savvy to go... Well, I love that smell on you. Yes. What is Most that? definitely. Yes. It's actually, it's a, usually a compliment. And um, people, when they go and finally pick out a fragrance, it, they get very frustrated. And I always tell people when they come in, they're like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, you have to realize when we're working in fragrance, we understand how difficult it is to, to pick out a fragrance because it is a very, very personal experience. This becomes a part of who you are, a part of how you're identified. So with that, understand if some if you're working with a fragrance person who's giving you an attitude, just walk away. Find somebody else to help you because you should never be rushed. Num- um, one other thing to keep in mind when fra- with fragrance, your body chemistry will change every seven years. You may be able to wear a fragrance for a long time and all of a sudden you can't wear it. Give it seven years, you'll probably be able to wear it again, <laughs> especially for your favorites. Okay, well, we're going to bounce forward. We... Um, had a little bit of fun there chatting about other things. We're going to jump forward into um, what's coming up this week and our plan ahead. Of course, we've talked about Wicker Women's Wednesday this Wednesday at Sweet Lounge with Chick Chat Seattle. Um, going to be talking about some of her fun things. And they have great giveaways. It runs from 5 to 7. Um, fun for socializing and checking out this new spot in Bellevue. Um, Trish McAvoy over at Nordstrom's is doing three master classes where they've got a senior makeup artist coming in and they're doing tutorials. Now, I want to tell people, the reason I started bringing these up is so many people love makeup, but when they get their makeup done, they go home and they don't know how to apply it. These master classes are fabulous because they walk you through, they show you how to do it, they give you more of a one-on-one, and so when you leave, you know what you're doing with these products. So if you're one of those who loves all the new looks and just can't seem to figure them out, check out some of these master classes. It's going to be a great experience. They typically have fun appetizers and beverages, and they do extra giveaways. It's, it's a really fun experience. Okay. Speaking of Wednesday, Cabernet Classic, baby. Yay! Oh, yeah. Yes. So down at Bell Harbor in Seattle Waterfront on 2211 Alaskan Way, Seattle. From 6 to 9, uh, this, again, this Wednesday, October 22nd. Uh, tickets are $50. Excuse me? 26. Excuse me, 26. But, yes, uh, there's going to be like 40 wineries uh, all doing amazing Cabernets. I am going to be your one of your ten judges uh, tasting wines that night. I want to go. I have two hundred wines I have to taste. So. Oh yeah, we're gonna feel. We're so not gonna feel sorry for you. So not. Uh, But yes, uh, it's uh, come down. It's uh, it's gonna be a blast. Uh, If you want to try some real amazing cabernets, uh, it's a good good time to come down and check that out. So. You know, when you get done with that, be sure you do the Halloween pub crawl in downtown Seattle. it's going to be on Saturday. I do spit. No. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Sorry. Uh, Not whatever. for the pub crawl, but for the wine. It's going to be on. I don't swallow that night. Uh, ooh, different show, different show. This is why it's called the after show. Yes, the uh, Saturday, wah, October 29th wah, from wah. Uh, 
noon to 8 p.m. Join for a massive costume pub crawl during the afternoon. There will be no cover charges. Expect happy hour prices, free food, DJ, dance floors, entertainment. Be sure to, uh, to parade around outside and more. Bring cash. Always that cash. makes it easier to go through the lines so that way you can have a fun time. Uh, on route, uh, be sure... Uh, make sure to check back on Friday that it makes sure it's all finalized. And also join the Bahama Bottle Bowling Tournament and Costume Party over at Lucky Strike Bellevue for a good cause. They That's, always do the best bowling tournaments. And we're do. trying to put together a socially savvy team. We've done this before. A lot, a lot of fun. And we actually placed fourth last time. It was like, where I was like going, oh, come on, we can do this, we can do this. They have great prizes and giveaways. And, um, you know what's cool? It's fun. It's cool because it's after the 29th, you know, so you go do your pub crawl and you got your thing. You can go play because it's on Sunday and it's at 9, so you can sleep all day. Put the kids to bed. Put the kids to bed, right? Yep. And then do it. There's a once-a-month tournament that sends you on a cruise to the Bahamas. Yes, the top three, um, they do it in, in teams where you can have four guys and four girls and... Of the winning team, the top three guys and the top three girls scores get the tickets to the bonus. Hey, you know, for those guys that, I, I'll, I'll put this out there, that like boobs, they're having uh, the <laughs> Bahama Bowling, Bowling Tournament costume party. So if you like to do that, that's going to be, uh, Lucky Strikes will be donating $100 for each lane's registrant to breathcancer.org. We love the creativity. What do you think, Mike? We could do that. We'll have a little team going on. Hmm. Yeah, we could do it. Go a couple names for that. Hello. Hey, so why don't you tell us when that's going to be? Yes. That happens on um, the 30th. That's what, the, what we were talking about. Um, it starts at 9. You get there at 8 o'clock for warm-ups. They give you your lane. Mm-hmm. Um, tournament starts at 9, runs till midnight. Um, bowl your heart out. In the past, they've only done the, the main prize, and this time they're doing a second and third place prizes that Ooh. are going to be announced at night. It's uh, all for a good cause. It's all for a good cause. They have bottle service available at every lane. Um, cash prizes for the best costume. So you want to get a hold mm-hmm. of roger.ing, E-N-G, at bowlluckystrike.com to register your team. Or find us on Facebook and we can get you redirected. Perfect. Yeah. And, uh, and, and speaking of events and different uh, things going on around town, uh, especially in our area that we're broadcasting from in Woodenville, uh, if you uh, want to check out the local wine events here, uh, be sure to go on to woodenvillewinecountry.com backslash events and other wine uh, in Woodville. And it, you'll get that. Actually, just if you just even just do Woodville Wine Country, you, you'll get it. So right. yep. uh, events page. Event. And you'll get it's, – it's really cool. I mean, they do a lot of different things around here. And, and I know that – Food pairings and well, music. And, and, and I know over at, the, at our friends over there at um, um, Airfield and over oh, at yeah. – um, Apex. Apex. And, and also and, um, Petite Cellars. Pet- Yep, absolutely. Or padded, padded. She's Pat, gonna padded kill me. I keep saying, but you know they do. They do a Halloween it. thing. Okay. They do a Halloween thing. If I get it, actually, Brooke, 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 Brooke come over here, girl. Over come here. over here, girl. She's one of the wineries on, over there, and we so, absolutely so, love her. Pat, <laughs> <laughs> so is, are they doing anything for Pat Creek? Creek. Uh, are they doing anything for the holiday season for the for the Halloween or anything like that? For Halloween? No, not yet. I haven't come up with anything. My my brain's not working so well. Well, we have That's time. That's okay because we they have, have, have beautiful wine. So just, just pop in and see Brooke. Yeah. Say, hey, I, I heard you on Social Savvy. I get to come down and try your wines. And they're beautiful. So. Well, yes. and at Padded Creek, too, um, if you mention Socially yes. Savvy, your wine tasting uh, is going to be complimentary. Get out. And 10% oh. off. Hold on, hold on. Our listeners didn't get that. 10% off. 
uh, any purchase that you make, as long as you mention Socially Savvy. Yay. We love you. Wow. That's amazing. Brooke, you are... It doesn't apply to Mike. doesn't apply to Mike. But, you know, the cool thing is that, but, you know, check out the the events page because there's always something really cool going on. Uh, There's a Halloween thing coming up here for uh, some of the sellers. And there are a ton of fun because they do food, you do costume, and you drink some wine, get crazy, run around, act stupid, that kind of thing. Maybe the unsocially savvy, I don't know. (laughs) Eh, No, don't. You can be savvy and have a good time. Okay, so Plan Ahead, Kind Bars is our sponsor for Plan Ahead. If you haven't heard, Kind Bars has put out a new um, snack. It is like a granola crunch, and so we're very excited to see when they're going to be launching that. I got a sample of it two weeks ago, and I have not shared. I, I, I refuse no. to share. <laughs> you shared. I have a... You had... Oh, that's right. You did, did get a little bit. You it's got, not I too wasn't, dry. It's really it's good. It's too so sweet. It's we're so excited for good. Kind Bars, and they've been such a great sponsor, so yep. thank you. All right, here we go. This is the event, and where did wh- and I know where did he go? Where did Donald go? Uh, he went outside for him, but uh, I can well, we're going to talk well, about it anyway. Interject with um, something that happens between now and then. I'm going to just shamelessly self promote. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. no, go no, for it, sweetheart. No, well, no. Um, so the Burlesque Nutcracker will be playing. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, we've already sold a bunch of tickets, so I Yay. wanted to make sure that everybody knew that we open on the 14th of December, and that leads perfectly into your major fabulous holiday. We're very, event. very yes, excited. Does. You know what I would like you to do is put up on our website um, about the Burlesque Nutcracker, because I have yet yes. to go, and listeners, we were chatting about this, so we need to get that up for you. For those that haven't seen a burlesque, they should go. It's not what you think it is. It is so fun and dynamic and energetic. They need to emphasize. They need to come see. Me. It is yeah. Lane. Could you explain what burlesque is in your view? Oh, darlings, you should just come see it. Just come to the burlesque nutcracker and you can form your own opinion. There you <laughs> go. It's just all kinds of sexy. It is. It's it all, is. all kinds of and beautiful. And it's, and it's great for couples. I mean, it's just fun. Yeah. It's just very well, much you're fun. talking about including burlesque in your New Year's Eve event. We yes. are. We are yes. so yes. very yes. excited. Socially just savvy. with the idea. Socially Savvy is so excited to be a part of this and the planning and promoting and, and um, Tracy with Chick Chat, we're all just like jazz. Uh, December 31st, starting at 7.30, we will be departing from Pier 56 in Seattle to attend our um, Roaring Twenties theme party. You want to tell us details, it's Mr. Jason? Roaring Twenties above the Royale. The Royale is the newest boat from the Argosy Cruise Line. We've uh, got it exclusively for the night. Imagine stepping back in time to the Roaring Twenties, you know, all the glitz and glamour, flappers, prohibition, mobsters, the great Gatsby, Jazzer, Hollywood Stalowitz. It's just back in the era when, like, you know what? Blue skies above. We could do nothing wrong. And that was the song at the time. It really was. That was I the number one that. song. And a couple of, over the years, different artists have kind of covered it and made it their song. Uh, so what you can expect... There's a little uh, red carpet entrance. You'll get a little sparkling toast when you arrive. Uh, if you're on the regular level, you'll enjoy some food, uh, drinks. On the VIP level, you'll have a little more private dance area. It's just going to be a fun night. Uh, we'll have fresh Northwest Selection dinners. We'll have, it's all-inclusive. And at midnight, you'll have uh, you'll we'll anchorage in front of the Space Needle area so you can see the fireworks right there on Elliott Bay. It'll be fabulous. And then be greeted with another champagne toast. And this is all exclusive. Uh, if you're interested in the VIP, uh, there is a... They have to talk to us. They do. Speak easy password. Yep. 
Uh, now, what what will be included in the VIP? Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Do you know yet? We uh, do know, but we, do we... See, VIP know. is very similar to the Cotton Club back in the days of Prohibition. A lot of people knew that Cotton Club existed, but they didn't get to always know what was going on, and not everybody was invited. So we're kind of playing with a, a few things. We're going to be giving out little clues. Um, but I think the one thing we will tell people is for the VIP, it's not just all-inclusive with your dinner and beverage for the whole night and appetizers. It is, Jason is pairing it. Yeah, I'm pairing all the Seven courses. It's not quite seven, but we'll get close to that. Oh, okay. Uh, It's it's definitely, when people think, it's like when you you guys get on the website, which is Roaring Twenties aboard the Rio Isle, um, it's about the experience. It's about the food when you walk in. Uh, it's top-notch food, top-notch drink. We have live music that's coming. We're uh, going to have Live entertainment. Burlesque. It's going to be very time period. And actually, yeah. uh, the one point I do want to make is it is time period that you have to dress appropriately. Yes. If you show up in jeans and you have paid you for a ticket, happen. you are not getting on. So no. we're the whole idea is to bring a, a different experience to Seattle that takes it up a notch more towards like what a New York event would be, something that's really true and fast. And over the next couple of weeks, uh, I will, with the help of Donald and uh, LB, we're going to be talking about prohibition. We're going to be talking about what it's like to be, you know, the cat's meow. You know, what, what exactly does that mean when, you know, you sit there and say, you know, man, hush flapper. money, you know, hush money was, you know, <laughs> allowance from the father or dropping the pilot, meaning getting divorced. You know, what did that mean? Back in the era, when you were a flapper, it's kind of like breaking the old habit of like, flapper was anybody under 30 years old, because anything over, you're an old fogey. Because they even <laughs> wow. had a flapper magazine and they that was called flapper. And even had a term flapper. for that, too. Yes. They even had a term for the older lady. <laughs> You know, and, and also, so you, you know, when you like, let's say you're with a person, you had, you know, oh, they're that are a flat shoe. What that meant was is that they had a fight between the goof and the flapper. A goof was somebody endearing. Yep. It's kind of silly when the they guy, have the terms. Yep. Uh, so, hey, Donald, could you explain a little bit more about uh, the different levels that we have? We went over about the boats and and everything else. Sure, so sure. So, explain. What will they get when they walk in come 7 o'clock and they, they're greeted at the door on the red carpet with a champagne glass? What, ex- help me understand. Explain to them. Well, first of all, the first level is what we call platinum because back in the 20s, you know, platinum was all the rage as far as for wedding rings and jewelry. So we want to tie that into our uh, era. And so, again, and platinum is special more so than just walking in. So, therefore, when you walk onto the boat, you know, the platinum level, you're going to be escorted over to your area where you're seating, and it's beautiful burgundy inside, carpeting, walls. It's going to be decked out with for the holidays. They have fabulous booth seating. Booth seating, like old New York style, Club 21. You know, and you got your brass columns going on the boat as well. And uh, the boat is large enough where you don't feel like you're on a boat. It's that right. big. Yeah, it's stunning. I've, I was on very it for spacious. a cruise before, and it's very nice. And we're yeah. selectively alluding to the Cotton Club level. We're going to give out hints throughout the next couple of weeks. Exactly. So exactly. kind of, you know, if you go to the Cotton Club level, it is a personalized dining experience. Yes, per, very personalized. When you go, to, you have your own table, your own section there. And, and for uh, individuals and groups... And it's personalized to your, you know, your name on the table and everything. And, you know, I heard that LB and Chick Fat will be broadcasting live that night. Time period broadcasting. So we're going to take it back to how it used to be done. 
very, very excited. Back in the day in 1926. So look forward to our podcast about it. And um, we'll look forward to that. That is Warring 20, spelled out, aboard the Royale.com. Uh, please keep in mind, no ticket purchases the day of the event because we'll be busy enjoying the event. Yep. So No last minute. For the Cotton Club and the Fedora Lounge. Ooh, this is, ooh, I love it. Hey, will you guys put, and I'm sorry I haven't checked out the website yet, but um, links to fashion so that we kind of have an idea. Yes, yeah, so we're we going to be wear. putting out ideas oh, yeah. of okay. pictures of what the attire was. Um, they were um, cute little They had all little kinds of things. I was yeah. doing some research for that today, and um, there's a couple other surprises we're going to be um, telling people about, and then there's going to be a lot of surprises that you're not going to find out about unless you attend the event. This is an interactive. Right. This is not a just, this you know, show up and get party. drunk. I hate those. Sorry. I know. This is interactive. <laughs> We're going to be, you know, you're going to learn about the terms. Uh, Donald and I and LB will go around town uh, talking about what it was like to have Prohibition in Seattle. Yeah, we're going to do some, some you know, research, so it's going to be a lot of fun. In Seattle, you yeah. know, and for those who yep. want a little background, there are two things you can watch. There's one on uh, PBS called The Prohibition yeah. of How Ken Prohibition. Burns, right? Yeah, Ken yeah. Burns, great opportunity. Yeah. And Well, you know, it's really interesting because I know some old-time uh, people, friends I've known for a long time, and their parents uh, have these gentleman clubs. Yes. Ah. And, um, and they still run today. Yeah. The and, true. And, and it's true. an exclusive club. Yep. It's mm-hmm. very well checked out. They check you out and make sure everything's cool. And then you got they have to you have just an initiation night where you go in and you meet the members mm-hmm. and then they still vote. It's not all the way in, but you still vote by um you know, the members whether they want you in or not. Well, and that's one of the things that we when we came up with the concept of the um, Cotton Club yes. is mm-hmm. you have to know somebody and you have to be invited. It's, so yeah, not everybody invitation. is going. It's just not automatically available. Absolutely, it, it's right. definitely not for somebody who's fate of mind. This yeah. is participatory. This is you know exactly. you definitely want to have the feeling that you're a part of an exclusive in crowd club. Yeah. It's going to be a blast. I'm really excited because I actually am coming back from the East Coast this year for New Year's Eve. And and I I never stay because there's never anything fabulous to do. So So the movie to watch is a documentary from Ken Burns who does excellent documentary. It's called Prohibition. It's free of charge on uh, pbs.org. And also, Mm -hmm. if you're on HBO, there's a show called uh, Boardwalk Empire that kind of goes into different pieces on it and it kind of shows you what's going on. And I think why that's coming back right now a lot uh, for those of us. This isn't a political thing. This so is more, a lot of restriction. A lot of there's a lot evil of right now that's happened. Yeah, yeah. And it's happened again since prohibition. If you yeah. follow through, it's like, hey, wait a minute, depression. Yeah. That's kind of like now. Yeah, watch it, enjoy it. Right. Great time. Exactly. Yes. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for hanging in there. We went way over on the show, but we had a lot of fun things to talk about. Um, we want to thank Vault Denim for being here today to show off some of her Denim. fun stuff for all of our customers and, and listeners who showed up. Um, and we look forward to having her at some of our events here in the future as Can well. Can I ask her something? We have time. <laughs> she's looking over there. She's, like, having fun. If she yeah. wants to come over, she's more than... Okay, never mind. I was going to ask her when she's going to have some, some. I just want to ask you when are you going to have the men's fashion? You have beautiful women's fashion. What right, about men? Right. The men's fashions will be here in December. Oh, nice. Very good. Nice. Yes. They'll oh, that's right. Fantastic. We're very excited. That's going to be very good. Very cool. excited, yeah. So come to some of our events and check out our stuff. She's got really fun fun stuff coming. I have a, I have a pair of Valtenum, well, not Valtenum, but jeans that I bought 
from your party at um, Dee Dee's Friends. Yeah, I have them on right now. I'm looking forward to yes, getting some. I got another couple weeks, but then I'm going to get some. Okay, for all you socially savvy fans, be sure to like us on our Facebook page to be entered into our drawings for prizes from our secret sponsors. Um, we'll announce at the beginning of the month our winners, so good luck. Go to www.facebook.com backslash socially savvy. Um, you can listen to us on Blog Talk Radio. You can um, get information from myself, uh, LB Duchess, Tracy um, Clink Ross. Uh, Michael Kotzman, all of us can get you links to any of the information that is out there. We want to thank our sponsors of today's show, um, Padded Creek Cellars, Willow's Lodge, Pop Chips, Barking Frog, Pap Spear, Sweet Talk Wipes, Bellevue Nordstrom's Cosmetics, Eye Candy Lash Boutique, Cascade Ice, Kind Bars, and um, our two special guests, Donald and Jason, who are um, putting together this fabulous party. So we're going to have everybody's links up there. You can check us out and uh, come have some fun with us in the weeks to come. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a socially savvy week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.